Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Kropp. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to a stellar week. And it will be a stellar week for a lot of reasons. Here at Political Coffee, it's uh, it's an honor to have each and every one of you in the audience. This is the show you know where we try to... You know, offer you something of benefit to you. So that, first of all, this show is not a waste of your time. And it's not just hopefully a little bit entertaining. But it it really gives you something as someone truly interested in your world around you politically. Something that you can use to change your world around you. In terms of how we talk about issues of the day, what they mean, what they might mean. And I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to have all the answers as your host. But I do have a perspective that I think um, just based on common sense, number one. Number two is it is based on my real world experiences in human nature, in faith, and in politics. That's what I hope that you get out of this show every day. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, all my soul. I want you all to get something good out of this show that is good for you, your world, your life. Did you watch the uh, Republican debate Saturday? Not Saturday, excuse me, Friday. It was the 29th, my bad. Now, I didn't refer to it uh, in the sh- on the show because you know, there were just other things to talk about. It was Freedom Friday, and, and uh, you know, nobody brought it up, and it's okay. What did you think? What, if you watched the debate, what did you think of it? Now, I could not. And there's a number of reasons why. I was literally in a combine cab going round and round a field um, behind trees. And, and I, I couldn't get it on my phone. You know, I've got a new iPhone, and I've 5G, but it doesn't help you if you can't get a signal. I couldn't get a signal. Worth a darn for it. I mean, just sat there and buffered. It was very frustrating. It was just very frustrating. I did, however, get impressions from people that texted me texting seems to work and i did eventually get into a decent cell coverage as i went around and around the field to talk to a friend of mine who is a very astute political observer brilliant in many ways and to get hit because he watched the whole thing because he wanted to know he's not working he is a political consultant. He's not working with any of these people. But frankly, his impression was interesting to me. And I want to know what you thought. Did it make any difference? Did anyone, quote unquote, claim to be the winner? Now, about two or three hours after this was over with, I got a text message from Christine Drazen saying, I won! Yeah, right. 
But I want to know what your impressions were. Now, from what I have read, what I have seen, the little clips here and there, I'm not sure there was a winner. And as, uh, who who is it here? By the way, 503-589-1220 is that Power Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. Emails to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. Barbara did watch the debate. And, and she brings up something that uh, is is true from even though I did not get an opportunity to, to listen to this thing, let alone watch it. I predicted that Christine Drazen would crash and burn. She did not. She was actually and and my friend's impression, the political consultant's impression was, I mean he had sort of expected that also. Didn't happen. Okay, here's what Barbara wrote. From my perspective, I do not think Christine's performance resulted in your dire prediction. She is not a dynamic, charismatic candidate. If I were an undecided Republican and not a single issue voter based on a candidate's position on abortion, I would seriously question whether to support her after her response to Tina's question regarding the validity of the presidential election. And then Barbara writes, go Betsy. Now, I got a text message from a friend of mine who is in the Romanian community. She's very politically active in the Romanian community here in the, the mostly in the Portland metro area. This was the biggest thing to her. Now, she's very conservative Christian, very pro-life. She understands the dynamics that are in play here, and I think most of you do also. The abortion issue, as I have said, is not likely to be an issue in the next governor's term. I wish it were. I pray that it is someday. And I pray that we have a pro-life governor in this state someday and that we have a pro-life legislature in this state someday. I don't see that happening anytime soon. So the abortion issue is really set aside in, in my view. And it is in this friend of mine's view, the Romanian. And she said something that really made a huge impact on her. Christine, and, and it's the same thing that Barbara writes here. I would, Barbara wrote, I would seriously question whether to support Christine after her response to Tina's question regarding the validity of the presidential election. This is what my Romanian friend then texted me, was that she believed the election was fair. Obviously, Christine Drazen has not bothered to see 2,000 mules. And as more evidence begins to emerge 
This is why we in the Gathering of the Eagles event on September the 3rd are going to focus on this. This is why even, and Dale um, texts me every now and then about Brian Kilmeade, you know, from Fox, who follows me live on this show, on our radio station here in KSLM. And, you know, Kilmeade, like so many uh, commentators and Republicans, believe that we ought to just let it go. Just move on from it. How can we? How can we, when polls show consistently over 50% of American voters, not just Republicans, have serious questions about the 2020 election? After seeing 2,000 mules, Christine, how can you not? Except I doubt if she's seen it. Christine Drazen has no interest at all in any effort to uncover the truth of not only what happened in 2020, but maybe what's been happening in Oregon for a very long time. And that is a very sophisticated, very quiet, behind-the-scenes effort at fraud. It, that is in many forms, and it's not just ballot stuffing. At the end of this month, because today is August 1st, I will be in Missouri for the first showing of the movie Selection Code. The trailer's out there. Oh, there's Nancy Pelosi. She's in Singapore. She's on an Asian tour. She's apparently going to go to Taiwan. That's got the Chinese all upset. Now, I'm not a Pelosi fan, but I say good for her. Good for her. Anyway, we're going to focus. I'm going to be there. I don't know if I'm broadcasting live yet on Saturday and Sunday from, I'm still working on that, from this two-day Mike Lindell event. But I'm going to be there. The Selection Code movie is a piece of the puzzle. Again, Laura Logan, as you know, famed CBS reporter who's now in Fox Digital and doing freelance work. She is the producer of this documentary along with Mike Lindell. Tina Peters is the Mesa County, Colorado County clerk. She is featured prominently. She got into trouble because they mirror imaged their vote tabulation machines as Dr. Doug Frank asked her to do. Dr. Frank, as you know, is going to be our keynote speaker at the Gathering of the Eagles on September 3rd. <laughs> Dale writes me a text that don't bet your tractor on Pelosi. I'm not. Believe me, I am not in any way. The bottom line, folks, is that Christine Drazen has no interest in understanding how the fraud is perpetrated, whether it is done through Dominion voting machines, and Tina Peters is a big piece of this, she may also be joining us at the Gathering of the Eagles. I found out about that yesterday. We'll see. 
she's gotten into big trouble. She just lost the Secretary of State's race. She just raised like $260,000 to do a recount. They're beginning that. The Dominion voting machines in her county have failed the first test of accuracy. They kicked out, a, a, folks, there's no way Tina Peters lost that race to the other Republican. Dominion got back at her. At any rate, Christine Drazen has no interest in this, folks. None. And that has a lot of Republicans who really believe, like I do, that there are enough anomalies. And you're starting to see county parties, county parties, Republican parties, now call for the rescission, if you will, of the official tallies that went for Joe Biden because they're fraudulent, folks, in so many places. And more evidence is going to come out of that. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. I want to know if you heard the governor's debate. Did you think anyone was a clear winner? What impressed you? Was it Betsy's quips? Was she not aggressive enough? There's a story today about Tina being a lousy Republican, morphing into a lousy Republican. Yeah. What did you think? Back in a moment at 620. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Twenty-two minutes past the top of the hour. Welcome back, my friend. Steve Bannon, by the way, calls into an Arizona election security forum said Maricopa County will be at the top of massive investigation adjudicating what went on in November 3rd. There's a companion story that is the headline story right now at Gateway Pundit. Bombshell presentation reveals the identities of Maricopa County election employees who deleted files from the election server before the Maricopa County audit. That is illegal. Yet Tina Peters gets in trouble for it. What? She didn't delete anything. The Dominion people came in and deleted them. That's also illegal under state and federal law. You got to keep those files for 22 months under federal law. But Maricopa County employees don't get in trouble. They delete files before they quote-unquote audit. Nothing happens to them. Yeah, Christine Drazen doesn't care about any of that. doesn't mean anything to her. It means something to me. Because something's really rotten here, folks. And it ain't just in the 2020 presidential election. It's been happening in Oregon for a very long time. And we're going to figure it out. We're not going to give up. Because you know what? I want to know the truth. Because if I'm not confident that our voting system is right, 
then what's the point of voting, right? What's the point? 503-589-1220 is that Power Buick GMC talk line. Speaking of power, we want to welcome to the show Power Honda. MyPowerHonda.com. They're one of our sponsors. Thank you guys for not only sponsoring the talk line, the Power Buick GMC talk line, but specifically now Power Honda is one of our advertisers for this show. Check them out, folks. Go to MyPowerHonda.com. To the phones, as I promised. What are your impressions about the debate? Did you hear it? Did you watch it? Governor's debate on Friday between Tent City Tina, Betsy, and Christine. Let's start first with Art, and then we'll move to Kathy. Art, good morning. Jeff, I agree with you. I don't think Christine did a good job. In fact, I think she did a pathetic job. But she didn't uh, crash and burn like I thought she would, because I really thought that, I mean, and, and this, this was my friend's impression, Art. Because he watched the whole thing. He said she actually did a pretty good job considering who she is. Well, who she is is somebody that shouldn't be running for governor because she's not qualified. She's not experienced enough. I mean, when the topic came up about uh, denying a quorum, oh, that's the only tool we had to use. I would have said, uh, I would have said, hey, it's allowed in the Constitution, and it's a law. And a matter of fact, hypocritical Tina used it when uh, the Republicans were in charge, and so we did nothing wrong. I mean, she doesn't think that she doesn't think fast on her feet, Jeff. She, you know, the thing about the election, uh, the things about climate change, uh, she, <laughs> uh, pretty pathetic in my, my, uh, looking at it. But then again, uh, you know, I analyze things really well. God, why didn't she say this, Christine? I mean, uh, so I was very disappointed and I, th- I think Betsy did a fairly good job. Uh, obviously, it's the first debate. Obviously, uh, the questions sometimes are formulated uh, in ways. But um, I'm I'm still disappointed in Christine Reyes. I'm still not going to vote for her because she's a hypocrite. And as a matter of fact, she helped eliminate a state representative who was trying to get to the bottom of the election fraud and stuff like that, uh, Nearman. And, uh, you know, uh, she's not a leader, and she's just not qualified, period. And she ain't going to do the best stuff for our state. Yeah, I'm sorry. To, I, I just agree with you. She doesn't have the, the strength. She doesn't have the cojones to do it. Thank you, Art. I appreciate your perspective. Let's move to Kathy. Kathy, good morning. What did you think? Did you watch or hear the debate? No, actually, I didn't. But I am going to watch it online because it's on there. Um, 
when I've got an hour plus to use. Yeah, anyway, you an hour and a half or so, I think. Yeah, and I'm going to watch it. But um, the thing that's striking me this morning is that I'm seeing Christine Drazen ads and I'm seeing Betsy ads, but I'm not seeing any Tina Kotek ads on TV. You know, I'm not um, either. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm really surprised by that. Yeah, it's weird, but, you know, maybe it's because she doesn't have anything good to say. But, <laughs> well, I mean, that but, sort of brings us to the the Oregon Catalyst article uh, here by the Oregon Taxpayers Association, OregonWatchdog.com. The headline, Kathy, is post-debate, Kotek is morphing into a lousy Republican, question mark? Maybe Tina knows something we don't. You know what that something is, Kathy? It's called polling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, do watch it, and I'm going to try to watch it, too. I just have a combine problem I'll talk about. That sort of ruined my weekend, folks. Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate it. Back in a moment at 630, did you watch a debate? What did you think of it? Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back 24 minutes before the top of the hour. Great to have you with us on a Monday here on Political Coffee. Did you watch the governor's debate on Friday? Did you hear it? Did you listen to it? What were your impressions? Do you think anybody was a clear winner? Or do you think, like my friend, the political consultant, that, yeah, there was, you know, they all did pretty well. In fact, Steve Dean, uh, whom I rarely have ever agreed with, he's an uber liberal columnist at the Oregon Fish Wrap, um, called it the... Um, most interesting governor's race in a long time. The best governor's race in memory. I will tell you that there is a, um, there's a great strategic move that has just been made by some Republican legislators politically. And I'll tell you what it is. In a moment. Have you been a little warm lately, by the way? Yeah. It was uh, it was pretty hot yesterday. I'll tell you what happened to me over the weekend and <laughs> how I dealt with it all. But this is why you need to call Freedom Eating and Air, friends. You know, they have built, at least in part, their... 50 years of being in business here, almost in, in the in the Mid-Valley area, on the fact that they specialize in emergency services. That, frankly, when you call them because your air conditioning has gone out, they get out to you right away. This is a great reason, if you've been a little on the warm. We've got some cooler days ahead of us here. 
it's still in the high 80s, and it's still uncomfortable if your air conditioning's not working. But it's going back into the 90s, folks, next weekend. It's forecast already. Big ridge of high pressure's going to be forecast to come into us, and we'll be back up into the hot temperatures again. Call Freedom Heating and Air. Just do it. They'll get out to your place, and they'll make you comfortable in your home or your business again. 503-580-1456. 580-1456. Check out their website, freedomheatingandair.net. Freedomheatingandair.net. So this measure, a measure to go on the ballot, was filed by four legislators. Senators Bill Kenimer of Oregon City and Kim Thatcher, our very own Kim Thatcher, along with Representative Cedric Hayden, Fall Creek down out of Eugene, Raquel Moore Green of the Salem area. They have, and it's a constitutional amendment, folks, would freeze the property tax assessment of a primary residence in the year in which the senior homeowner reaches age 65. Now, this is a constitutional amendment. It means it's got to have a lot of, like, I think 180-some-odd thousand valid signatures now. But they have they filed this now, not for 2022, because it's too late, but for 2024. But this is the perfect strategic move now. Because now it's out there. It's on the table. People will start gathering signatures. They need the first thousand signatures to get a ballot title. We'll go fight about the ballot title. This is the perfect time to do this. Because it now becomes an issue in the 2022 elections between Republicans and Democrats. Now, if you're already a fed-up Democrat or independent with the insanity of where Oregon is going, what it is doing, if you're already there, this is going to be an issue that's going to be in play. It's another reason for you to seriously consider anybody, Republican or independent, who agrees with this idea. I don't think many Democrats are going to agree with it. Their base won't let them. The woke leftist base funded by the public employee unions is not going to let them go down this road. Now, this is what I've been telling Republicans and, frankly, governor's candidates for a long time. You cannot sound like your opponent. You have to go places and take on issues that your opponent cannot go because their base won't let them, especially now. This is why Betsy... And her race is so important. If you watch the governor's debate, I mean, there were a lot of things that Betsy was only a little bit Betsy. Folks, you, her handlers need to let her be who she is. <laughs> because believe me, it's not only entertaining, but she's blunt. And she's right right on the mark in the things that she says. People know it. An issue like this, freezing property taxes, 
in the year as a constitutional amendment in Oregon, freezing them. For anybody who turns 65, anybody who is on a fixed income that's seeing the crazy increases in their property taxes, even though we have a property tax limitation measure, they have found ways to go around it. Anybody who's living that is going to look at this, and if a Democrat is opposing this, and they ought to be asked, and they will be asked, if the news media has the courage to do it, and if they don't, Republicans ought to be, or independent candidates, conservatives ought to be, asking this question, are you in favor of this? It's a question you could ask, don't you think? I mean, isn't this, again, I tell you, this is what this show is about. Having persuasive conversations with persuadable people. Asking questions, making statements that allow you to enter into, that, that get the other person you're talking to thinking about things. And you could ask that question. What do you think about the, the new constitutional amendment that was just filed, that we get to vote on? It freezes property taxes at when you turn age 65 on your home, only your primary residence, not on your vacation cabin at Black Butte Ranch. Okay? Or up in Seaside. You know, the rich people. Only the home you live in. What do you think about this? Is that a good idea? Is that the right thing to do? In a poll, one of the sponsors said in a poll that was issued in 2019, some three years ago, 79% of Oregonians stated that they would support the measure. Now, this is the perfect strategy, the perfect time to do this again, because it is a significant game changer for who? For the people that vote the most, folks. <laughs> you know who they are? They're not young, woke college students. They're senior citizens. Consistently. People in the older voting blocks by age are the ones who vote the most. Anyway, it's, it's a brilliant move. Now, by the way, also, this um, there's the New York, there's a great Gateway Pundit story. Back in 1995, the New York Times warned that East Coast beaches would be gone in 25 years. They would be underwater from global warming. In 1995, the New York Times. Guess what? They're still there. It's now 27 years later. The beaches are still there. Not one of the beaches is underwater, and the frightening prophecies of the global alarmists are proven false again. In fact, there are this Gateway Pundit article, there are satellite images, images from the Jones Beach area in Long Island. Long Island is how you say it. I've had New Yorkers correct me. These pictures show the beaches from 1995 through 2021. And you can see the actual satellite images. Guess what? <laughs> sure looks the same to me. In fact, if anything, it looks like there's more beach exposed 
in 2021 than there was in 1995. This plays into the Oregon governor's race, global warming. It plays into this deal that Joe Manchin just made with Schumer to raise the taxes on everybody, all of us, to fight global warming, a new green deal. This is something else that you can bring up in conversations with other people. Did you know that in 1995, the New York Times predicted that the East Coast beaches would be gone in 25 years? They actually published it September 18th, 1995. They wrote an article. And they not only haven't disappeared, the satellite images show they're still there. They're not even getting covered up any more than they were in 95. It's global alarmism. Yeah, it really is. Did you watch the governor's debate in Oregon? What were your impressions? 503-589-1220. That's the power of your GMC talk line. What did you think? Did anybody win? Did anybody win you over? Are you a little more or less curious about where these people stand on other issues? Back in a moment at 648. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Hey, there's a great picture. <laughs> oh, man, is there ever. There's a great picture of um, Eric Trump playing golf. with his dad, family. And Tucker Carlson's there. And in fact, they get, it's a Liberty Daily story. Uh, they get greeted by a Let's Go Brandon chant. <laughs> and they're all laughing and having a good time with it. But there's a picture of Eric Trump's golf bag that day. And on it, it was all done for you know, who knows how this is going to play. Anyway, it says Trump 2024 on his golf bag. Does that tell you something? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Friends, I want to remind you, if you are looking for a real estate agent to help you in a very changing real estate market, you really should talk to Rebecca Donaldson. You know, she's... Long-time award-winning real estate broker here in the in the Mid Valley area, and she's you know she's not afraid to be involved politically too. She helped sponsor the 2,000 Mules showings at the Honky Tonk Bar and Grill about the the election fraud. She did that boldly. Good for her. She's not afraid to stand up. You know th that's the kind of person that. Not only is she good at what she does, because she won Best of the Willamette Valley, 
But she's also someone who's not afraid to put a flag in the ground and stand for something. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home, that ought to speak volumes to you about her character. So why don't you give her a call? 503-269-0747. 503-269-0747. Or visit her website, Rebecca's Got Houses. Dot com Rebecca's got houses dot com. Um, by the way, Fox News has reportedly banned Trump, President Trump, from appearing on the network because he refuses to accept the fraudulent 2020 election results. You know, Fox News, you better be careful. You're playing with fire here. Because polls consistently show that Republicans, conservatives, independents, and even a bunch of Democrats still have a lot of doubt and questions about the validity of the 2020 election. Do you hear that, Christine Drazen? Huh? You better be careful, Fox News, because a lot of your viewers who have not yet left you I don't watch Fox News anymore, period, folks. I'll watch OAN or Newsmax. Even Newsmax has gotten soft. I do watch Fox Business. I have it on during the day. I have it on right now in the studio. They're, they're, at least Stuart Varney is big fan of Trump. The guy who follows him ain't Cavuto. I got no use for Neil Cavuto. It's interesting that all the Democrats love to go on Cavuto's show. Why? Because... He was very much anti-Trump. Not Varney. Who, by the way, is an England, English, UK transplant. 503-589-1220. Did you watch the Oregon governor's debate? What did you think of it? 503-589-1220. That is the power of Buick GMC talk line. Also, shoot me an email. Would love to get your perspective by email. Let's go to Dwight. Dwight, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I still have a hang up if, if I can uh, ask once more uh, on the January 6th Um Did we not see on TV where the uh, one of the leaders of the Republican Party, I believe, was uh, Mitch McConnell standing up and saying that uh, Trump was uh, to be blamed for not acting sooner. And I know I asked you about that before and you said the whole thing was illegal and I excused it. But but nevertheless, it's, it's impressive to me if, if, or did they take it? Did they somehow make it look like the uh, Republican leader said that and he really didn't? It's impressive if you really did say that. Well, did did he say that? Um, my yeah, I, I believe he did, it, and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it is Mitch McConnell. He's a swamp rat if there ever was one. Now, having said all of that, I still appreciate the fact that Trump had to make a deal with him. And he did the right thing in appointing all of those judges, because if there's anything 
that is going to save the republic. It is going to be both the U.S. Supreme Court and a lot of these federal judges that are sitting on the bench now. And we're just yes, now yes. beginning to, to get the benefit of their fidelity to the Constitution as strict constructionists. That is going to play out for years. McConnell, McConnell needs to get, he needs to go bye-bye. Dwight, thank you. I appreciate your thoughts. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry, good morning. Go Beavs. Hey, Jerry. Uh-oh, you left. Jerry, don't, don't call in and leave like that, okay? Betsy Johnson and Tina Kotek both and this is what is noted in the Oregon Catalyst story today about Kotech morphing into a lousy Republican. They both read a lot from their notes. Now, that's not good. You need to speak. You, it just needs to roll off your tongue, and it needs to come blasting out of your heart. Tina, her answer for everything, let's raise taxes. It's all government. And all of the good questions were not asked. And this is what Betsy and this is what Christine should have done. Christine had to just continue. This is what my friend said. Continually just hit Betsy over and over and over again. Because Christine knows that's if, if Betsy's going to take a lot of Republican votes just by being who she is. Because Christine is who she is. A rhino establishment Republican who I might remind you voted for every anti-cop bill, along with Team Kotek. And Betsy voted against every one of them. I just thought I'd remind you about that. Now, you can't read from your notes, but somebody should have asked. Betsy should have asked, Tina, hey, how come your top staffer got arrested at the Portland riot? riot? Hmm? Why did you require other people to wear, to wear masks when you didn't yourself? And there's lots of pictures that surfaced about that, right? Yeah. Friends, I want to remind you, Eric Azer, Righteous Renovations, you're looking for a contractor that you can trust. He's your man. RighteousRenovations.com Friends, I'm back tomorrow. There'll be lots. <laughs> We're just getting started in this governor's race. And a lot of other things, including school board, city council. See you tomorrow.